0: From coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. Welcome back to Terra Informa. I'm Amanda Rooney. And I'm Sophia Osborne. We'll be your hosts for the next half hour of environmental news from across Canada and around the world. This week, we give you an inside look at the University of Alberta's EcoCar team. We had the pleasure of speaking with three team members, who are also students, about their experiences on the team. This is Sydney Carbonic interviewing a few of ECOCAR's team members.
1: You're listening to CJSR <laughs> Terra Firma.
0: Terra Informa!
1: Terra, oh. informa.
0: <laughs> terra Firma <laughs> means Earth. So my name is Sydney Carbonic, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Ola, Elizabeth Girl, and Carter Trotman from the ECOCAR team here at the University of Alberta. Thank you guys for coming what is EcoGuard?
2: We're a student group of about um, 80 students, um, undergraduate and um, graduate students, and we design and build hydrogen fuel cell vehicles, and um, we race them in the international competition known as the Shell Eco-Marathon. So it um, brings teams all around um, North America, South America, Central Americas, and they all come together in different categories to compete. So it's not really more of a of just like a race around a track, it's more like an efficiency type of competition.
0: So how do you judge efficiency?
1: So the competition is judged based on, on fuel consumption. So that means uh, they, they supply you with fuel in your given category at the start of the competition, and then it's measured based on your fuel type. So it's fairly easy for teams like the battery electric teams. They hook a, a joule meter, which is just a device that measures electrical energy to their battery, and all the energy that's drawn through that device over the course of the race counts against them traditional fuel vehicles, like gasoline and ethanol vehicles, diesel. Uh, it's a volume-based measurement, miles per gallon, like you'd expect from most vehicles. For us, using hydrogen, uh, being a gas, it gets a little more complicated. We, we use a flow rate meter that measures a, a volume of hydrogen that passes through a line, and then, again, counted against us. And then they convert all of these into raw energy units. So it would just be joules per distance, and that's a way of comparing all the different fuel types as well.
0: Oh, okay. So fuel cells use hydrogen? Hmm. That's correct. Okay. I know nothing about fuel cells. Do <laughs> you want us so. to explain the basic process?
3: Yeah, could you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 So what the cool thing about them is that they're zero emissions. So hydrogen goes in and oxygen, we just it's just straight straight air, but the oxygen is the part of the air that reacts. It reacts on the membrane, so it's a stack the stack a fuel cell is a stack of membranes. Um, and the reaction happens at that membrane. Um, because of a catalyst, and then electricity is produced, and then water is that other um, product of the reaction. So, basically, what happens is that we have, at least for our personal fuel cell, we have hydrogen going in, um, a fan blowing air across the fuel cell, and then the fa- the air that leaves the fuel cell is just a little bit has a little bit less oxygen, and a little bit more water in it, and then that
0: powers our car. So we're kind of jumping ahead of my questions. <laughs> we, just, we just steamrolled right to the good stuff. The real cars that we actually drive use that?
2: There have been a couple of cars that employ hydrogen fuel cell technology. I think there's the Toyota Mirai and a couple of other um, cars. Predominantly, I I believe manufacturers Asia are more directed towards making this kind of vehicles. But I guess like with issues like infrastructure for Hydrogen refueling systems and stuff like that doesn't make it as prevalent as uh, the cars we see on the road. The
1: biggest barrier to using it as a traditional fuel like gasoline is is distribution. There's no system that exists for getting people hydrogen because hydrogen is your fuel source. So that means if I wanted to fill my car, I need to get hydrogen from somewhere and I can't drive up to a hydrogen station like I can a gas station right now.
3: But similar to what Ola was saying is that there's five cars right now out on the market. Um, They're not all out in Canada, but in the States there's five cars out on the market that are hydrogen fuel cell cars. And for example, in California, if you buy a hydrogen fuel cell car, the state of California pays for your hydrogen. So that's the way that they're starting to promote it and push that change to be adopted. So it's new technology. Right now we use traditional combustion
0: engines or electric cars. Okay, so kind of stepping back, what are each of your roles and what drew you to EcoCar?
2: I'm the external relations um, lead. I just um, took on that role this September actually. So basically what I do is Mostly sponsorship and um, a little bit of outreach and a little bit of marketing here and there. And I'm um, just most of a lot of business administration, like internal management stuff. What drew me to EcoCar was because um, I had a real fascination with just basically seeing um, like minded individuals and people that are around my age as well, my peers, working and being committed towards something that is really innovative. I'm a member on the electrical
1: team and I'm the upcoming electrical team manager so what i do is mostly technical work i work a lot on the electronic systems in the car designing electronic boards for controlling different parts of the vehicle running wires to the car to make sure the power management works properly making sure the motor is hooked up to everything it needs to be and running smoothly uh, i also do some management with getting other members on track and making sure projects that are being worked on are being worked on and, and everything's being directed properly in terms of what drew me to the team I was very, I was very interested in the idea. I was looking for a place to improve my engineering skills. I was looking for a place to push my knowledge and, and gain some new experience. And I was really drawn to EcoCars' different kind of objective. Taking a technology that hasn't been adopted really and is really cutting edge and innovating it appealed to me as well as uh, as the people. Uh, the team is filled with a lot of people I've really gotten to know and I really enjoy working with.
3: I'm one of the co-leads for the fuel cells team. Um, so I do all the fuel cell systems within the CAR and help manage the fuel cell system team. What drew me to EcoCar is I'm really interested in sustainability, but I also am interested in engineering. i uh, electrical engineering student and I wanted to find a way to apply my learning and understand it better. Um, and the kind of work that EcoCar was doing was just so interesting and innovative. Like I originally joined on the electrical team and then did some R&D fuel cell stuff and did more on the fuel cell stuff team as I went. But I always try to focus my projects around electrical stuff and learning more about electrical systems and how to implement those systems, because that's what I'm really interested in. And it also ties to my passion for sustainability. So it's
0: a lot of fun. What's the history of EcoHart? Like, When did it start?
1: Um, <laughs> in-, in early 2000s, a project was started by a few students on campus where they wanted to try and build a vehicle that would drive all the way across Australia without having to refuel. It was a high-efficiency, long-distance vehicle meant for really harsh conditions. This is the origin of the team.
2: There's some confusion around why this turned into EcoCar. EcoCar as a team, I believe, really started in um, 2010. I think that was when we really came together and decided we wanted to go with hydrogen as a fuel source. Basically, it's a very challenging um, Feel well it's i mean not that
3: hard but the thing it, is that it's not done a lot
2: exactly sorry yeah. that's that's kind it of what i meant different. to uh, yeah to say but
3: this is, it's a very simple technology and like us like you know like rookie university students can make a car and make it run like i think that was one of the things we wanted to show with EcoCar that like it's innovative and it's the future but it's the future now because like, like university mm-hmm. students can build hydrogen fuel cell cars that work like mm-hmm. it can be the future
1: yeah so, i think the word ola wanted wasn't so much hard as new yeah, yeah. It's, it's a technology, there's no established, right? there's nowhere you can go and say, oh, this is exactly
2: how it's done, we'll copy this and put it in. Yeah. yeah. We started with a vehicle called Steve. Basically, Steve went through um, three iterations. We retired it after a bit, and a couple of years ago, we built an urban concept vehicle called Alice.
3: And by urban concept, they mean like a car that you can... It's supposed to like simulate a car that you could just drive in. So it has to have a truck trunk. <laughs> it has to have windshield wipers, has to have a horn.
2: It's designed with the um, everyday uh, oh. rider in mind. Yeah. Less so in
1: appearance, more so in function. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Okay. So Steve was the first vehicle. It was produced, and then in an
1: attempt to improve, that vehicle was heavy. It was one of the first designs. It wasn't optimized well. We made Alice. Uh, Alice was done more or less over the course of two years. And was built with just improvements on Steve in mind. And then it would have been for, I guess it would have been sometime in, in 2016, a decision was made to build a second vehicle that we would, would race, build, and run in parallel with Alice rather than putting Alice away and building a brand new car. And that car was Sophie. So Sophie deviates from Alice. And the reason they're not done iteratively but are at the same time is because Sophie is what's called a prototype vehicle. And so these are vehicles less in mind with bringing the technology to everyday use like normal vehicles. And it's more with the intention of maximizing efficiency and and pushing the boundaries of the technology. This is a vehicle designed for aerodynamics and for low weight. This is a vehicle that's shaped like a torpedo. If you've ever seen videos where they go out to the salt flats and they race vehicles to set the land speed record, that's what this looks like.
3: Where do you keep it? So we do all of our work in what we call the cage. So it's in the basement of ETLC in the parking garage there's a space um, just literally caged in for us and one of the other student groups and that's where we keep our vehicles and that's where we do all of our more hands-on work like if we there's a couple of saws if you want to like lay the carbon fiber um, any of the modeling all of the hands-on work and all of the hydrogen work too so if we do any tests on the system it's all downstairs in the cage.
0: Oh, So where do you guys get funding or materials?
2: We get lots of funding and materials, first of all, from the faculty of engineering. Um, um, They provide us with pretty big institutional support, as well as um, project advisors, as well as um, organizations within the community. Lots of um, reaching out to different organizations, and they're very interested in our work. They're happy to see that basically there are students committed and um, building a lot of like more professional development skills as well. So it's a really huge factor in bringing them to the work and also the organizers of the competition um, do give us a fair bit as well.
0: Could you explain the competition, the Shell Eco-Marathon competition, how it works, um, if there's any like regulations or guidelines that you have to abide by and if there's a prize?
1: So when we get there, uh, the Shell's main priority at the competition is the safety of participants. And this means they make us go through pretty vigorous checks upon arrival. So it starts out with presenting safety documentation. We have to show them all of our plans for the vehicle, documentations on the electrical systems and the wiring to make sure everything's safe. then they weigh the car and they weigh the driver and make sure everything is safe. Basically, the driver has to weigh a certain amount. And it's just so that, like, you can't have, like, you you could try to game it, right? Because weight is your main thing in efficiency. And so the more you can reduce the weight of the car, you're better. And that means that, yeah, they, they try to put some sort of control in it so people don't starve themselves or be intentionally trying to lower weight somehow in their driver before competition. Uh, The follow up to that, then they go over check, they check our brakes, they have us drive up on a slope, they make sure the brakes on the vehicle will hold the vehicle in place on a small grade. Uh, They check the lights for Alice. So in a way of ensuring this this urban concept, making it like a road safe vehicle, we have to have signal lights and brake lights, they check to make sure those work. They check a horn to make sure the, the horn is audible from a reasonable distance. Uh, among other things, and then they just do a general safety check. So, you know, is everything wired up properly? The car's not going to explode as soon as you turn it on. The the largest step of safety check for us is actually the hydrogen safety inspection, which I think Elizabeth knows more about.
3: Yeah, so basically hydrogen is a difficult fuel to use because it's so small. Um, so it's very easy to have uh, leaks, and it is very flammable, so that makes it dangerous. So I guess that's one of the reasons why hydrogen technology took a wild start is that they had to have a tank that would be very safe, and safety was a really big factor that now they have resolved and they have made cars that are safe. Um, But anyway, for us it's difficult because if there's any leaks, they have a leak detection test, and if there's any leaks in the line or any leaks, um, if they detect any hydrogen around the car, then we don't pass tech inspection. So yeah, and then also there is a variety of safety checks um, that you have to make sure that the fuel cell actually turns off because there's various modes in the way that we run our fuel cells. So if we push a button called our like, um, emergency stop button, it has to go into shutdown mode. And if that's not working well and a variety of tests like that, then we don't pass tech inspection, so.
2: Seems who've passed tech inspection go out to the track. And um, so basically once all the scores are compiled, and the rankings have been sorted out. There's um, this thing called a drivers' world championship. This year, it was held as alongside the Shell Eco Marathon Americas. So basically, it's an, as a competition that brings um, the urban concept teams from um, the best urban concept teams from all the um, categories, and basically they race first past the post kind of um, race. And each category, I believe, the first three teams also get um, cash prizes as well.
0: Rumor has it you're going to the World Championships. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so we, we don't know for this year yet because participation in the World Championship is dependent on your performance in your regional competition. So we mentioned before how there's the, the Shell Eco Marathon Americas. The, the top teams who win the DWC Drivers World Championship there, the top three will go to the World's competition in Europe. So it would have been not last year's competition but the year before. Uh, Alice performed well enough that it was sent to the world's competition in London uh,
2: that year. And we did okay. Yeah, I believe at that point we um, were eighth rank in the world as uh, in our category, I, I, I like to say. Um, so, yeah, when we uh, came back from there, as usual, it seemed... Um, decides to look over um, what improvements to make. I think I believe in that process, that's when we decided sometime in the future we want to build the prototype vehicle um, and also um, make some improvements to Atlas as well.
0: Have you ever gone to any cool places because of EcoCar? Or slash and, what's the coolest part of being a part of EcoCar? So you can choose. Can we do both? Yeah. Because okay.
1: I definitely have both. <laughs> <laughs> Directly with the competition, probably the with the team, the coolest place I've probably been is Detroit for the competition, which doesn't sound super exotic, but it was still interesting, and uh, it's a city I probably wouldn't have gone to otherwise. Coolest thing I've done, done lots of cool things. <laughs> to be honest, probably getting to to speak. So I go I go and speak for EcoCar a lot uh, at different events, and probably one of the more interest two of the more interesting ones was once uh, we were asked to speak at the the Roofing Contractors Association of Alberta. <laughs> And so uh, the, the project manager and I and another team, manager, team member uh, took the vehicle down to the Red Deer. And we spoke at a conference of roofing contractors uh, from across Alberta. And they, they asked us to speak there. And it was very interesting uh, to yeah. give a talk there. Uh, the other one is I've, I've also spoken to uh, a very large group of um, elementary school students and their parents about the vehicle. That's probably... You were, yeah, Elizabeth actually yeah. did that talk with me. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. Elizabeth came with me for that one, and came, that was another very interesting one.
3: I came one. late, and everyone like turned and looked. We were told that it was going to be like fifty people, and it was like hundreds of people. Yes, yeah, so was probably a couple hundred it people. Was really, it was
1: bad. That was like your that was like your first <laughs> speaking engagement with Ego Car. I think I think this is this is worth talking about. Experiences yeah. on the team, though, and that oh, totally. uh, yeah. for for Elizabeth and for I, I think both you could say that that's been a huge thing on the team is yeah. developing skills to speak to people and like. I wouldn't have got many opportunities to speak of crowds of hundreds or to a group of roofing contractors normally, and those are—I uh, mean—they're skills. They're, they're skills to to do these different things and to talk like that. I think that was a was a valuable thing from the team.
3: Yeah. yeah, one of the one of my favorite parts of EcoCar. There's lots. I guess I can touch on two things very briefly. First is getting to work alongside other people on like a bigger technical project. Like it's just such a cool experience um, to be in a room because we have Saturday work sessions, so it's like a room of like 10 to 20 to 30 of us all working on things and all collaborating all trying to solve problems together so that's really really cool and to see how everyone's individual parts go together that's just like unbelievable Um, and then another kind of similar thing is that we got a lot of opportunities to do like research and development projects Um, so we are trying to build our own fuel cell for one of our future cars Um, and I've been really involved in that since the beginning Um, it started off with three students taking on eight hours a week work uh, work in in uh, energy systems and design laboratory, Dr. Seekanel's lab. He, like, helped us out, um, learn about testing single-cell fuel cells. Um, so that's a really cool opportunity that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. I got to work in a lab with a professor and with a bunch of master's and PhD students and learn how to test single-cell fuel cells. Yeah, so that was, like, very cool. Yeah, um, yeah so just, like, the, uh, the available opportunities and the people you get to work with is so unique and so awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess... Um one of the really cool places, eco cars, um, allowed me to go is, okay, so on our, on our way to competition, we were, uh, a lot of people decided to fly, but I decided to uh, take a road trip. So it was a very um, fun road trip all the way from Edmonton to Detroit. <laughs> um, I got to see lots of places, got to experience um, different kind of weather.
0: Yeah. How long did it take to drive?
2: um I believe um 4 days or so yeah so it was a it was a pretty um, long trip uh, uh, a big bond in events with
0: commitment with... to
3: sustainability
2: <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. yeah I guess you could it's the yeah. design principles were committed to yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we would have been yeah. flying
3: the cars otherwise and that has a pretty big carbon footprint so to take them in a trailer instead was a really good way to reduce that. exactly
2: so yeah it's carbon a kind footprint. of a value judgment yeah. thing Yeah,
3: yeah care about sustainability yeah. <laughs> this was
1: actually an interesting thing to talk about uh, our team manager after competition actually tallied up everybody who flew and everybody who drove and the ways they got there and they got back, and I think it was really interesting. Uh, it's just interesting. I, I think it says something about the culture of the team the way that like he, he they took the time to quantify that and mm-hmm. to say like yeah you know just so you guys are aware, this is the this is the impact of us doing this and you know if we did it this way it might change like this and yeah. and, that, and that's why we make some of these decisions like driving the vehicle. Yeah,
2: and uh, that also ties into one of the, like the coolest things I think um, I've done on the team, basically. Um, as part of, like, the business administration team, it's not only um, making sure everything is um, smooth running, but also making sure that we're cognizant of um, our environmental impacts on the um, team. So maybe per- perhaps if we're ordering a merchandise, we have to um, include decisions about probably, like, the carbon cost of, like, bringing that kind of merchandise and um, purchasing materials and stuff like that. It's, it's something that helps you, um, like be more aware of like the decisions you make when it comes to projects like this and it helps you in good stead for the future. So yeah, and outreach is a very big part of uh, EcoCar and lots of us get the chance to go out into the community meet be different kind of wonderful people. It's yeah. a real experience. I got two
3: jobs out of EcoCar outreach. <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely
2: have an interview next week with a company that's uh,
1: from, from EcoCar. It's-
0: How is the work you do related to the world?
1: Part of the reason Shell puts on the Shell Eco Marathon Americas is that this competition is really about uh, Shell trying to drive alternative energy industry and and fuel efficiency industry. And so I think we really are, we're pushing boundaries on fuel cells. I mean, we're building our own in an attempt to improve the technology for our own use. We're taking existing ones and optimizing them. Uh, The companies in all these categories are doing stuff like this. And I think that's a significant impact that this competition exists as a way of maximizing our efficiency as a really, I mean, it's an international competition. So I can, I think I can completely say it's about maximizing the way we use our energy as a species. It's, yeah, um, um, this is really what this is for. And I think that's huge. And then that's part of why we do outreach as a team. Uh, When I go to outreach, when I was kind of being taught about the kind of things we like to talk about, something that was pointed out to me that I hadn't really considered is the, how the, the privilege I have in the, in learning this and, and being taught and understanding environmental impact. And and what these fuels mean and the the privilege I have being able to come to an educational institution and learn about how to run these kind of vehicles and what this means and that uh, as part of outreach, I really think it's about me sharing that opportunity with other people and being able to to go out with people who don't have those opportunities and say, hey, here's something I'm learning. Here's some really cool things we're doing. here are ways you can hear about this and, and here's the future of energy and, you know, keep your eye out for this. And I think there's a, a big element, especially as I've transitioned into part of a management position on the team in, in teaching other people and and connecting with people and seeing how people come and they learn and they change so much and then they leave the teams. People, people leaving our team who have been on it for four years now, kind of for the first time. And it's amazing to see those people and like see what they've done. We we've had a member leave last year who was an old lead on the team from Fuel Cells, who is a an amazing person. And I think he, he's off now doing work in,
3: uh, he's in Qatar.
1: He's in Qatar. That's right. So he's yeah. in Qatar doing engineering. And like, he, I mean, you can say where it came from, but he was really motivated to go back home. And cause he saw that's, that's part around from where he's from, like where he's from. And, uh, he saw there was a need there that he really was like, you know, I think I could stay, he could have stayed here and worked probably, but they wanted to go home. And I think, you know, that's just another example of, uh, you see people learn about the world and learn about environmental impact and learn about how they can impact the world, I think. Uh, Projects like this, uh, particularly the ones that are so environmentally focused and focused on shaping uh, futures for energy industry and stuff like that, it motivates people to see that, you know, you're as an engineering student or as a business student or as any, you know, you're being given an opportunity here to do things. And I think this team really encourages people to go out and do those things, and and realize that like you're not limited.
3: It's almost given me a weird ego, because <laughs> <like, what Carver laughs> there's no problem where I'm like, oh, I probably couldn't solve. It. You know, like I see a problem and I'm I'm like Google it, do this. You know, like it like really teaches you the way to actually solve hands-on problems, because like every single task that I've taken on an Eco Car, I started off thinking there's no way I could do this. Like I showed um, a draft of the first code I wrote for EcoCar and asked one of my friends who was in. Um, more experienced in coding, and he laughed, and he was like, why did they pick you? Like, how, how, you you can't do this, <laughs> and I did, I did do it, and it's crazy, like, how much you can learn, and, like, literally, I, I, I've I done so many things that I would have never, ever thought that I could have ever solved or approached those problems, so you really learn a ton, because there's great mentorship, there's great community, there's, you know, people who can solve these problems, who will teach you, um, and then if you're committed to it, like the resources are there and if you put in the effort there's just such tremendous opportunity for outcome
0: can you describe in one sentence the goal of EcoCar? <laughs>
1: give me a sec <laughs> okay this is recorded so i can take a couple cracks yeah.
2: <laughs> just go with the uh motto on the website put in the future one fuel cell at a time or something <laughs> no, we definitely
1: jason and i have, have done this it's like impacting the f- people the future, and the industry through innovation, outreach, and something?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, this might not work, but um, it's providing an opportunity for students um, to take their learning and apply it um, in a new developing field that is conscious of sustainability and trying to apply um, Technical innovation to sustainability.
1: You throw a semicolon in there, that is absolutely <laughs>
2: <awesome>. <laughs> Building the future. It's, I know it's a really broad idea, but really that is behind everything we do. Mm-hmm. It's building the future.
0: Yeah. So, what are some up and coming uh, innovations that EcoCar has planned?
2: I think one of the big ones, or two of the big ones, because good things come in twos. The first one is a research and development. Um, Team, and um, I'll let Elizabeth uh, talk a bit about that. But the second one, which I'm really excited about, is um, the creation of a new um, autonomous team. So basically, um, right now, um, there are plans in the works for uh, an autonomous category in the Shellica Marathon. We're not exactly sure, like, the full details of it right now, but. This would probably involve um, building a self-driving vehicle, and now I'm really excited at the prospect of this. Um, the team was created about two months ago, and we've made significant progress so far.
3: There was uh, the research and development team last year started looking at autonomous vehicles. So the simulator was done, and a lot of the research, like some of, like some of the simulation stuff, I think was has been worked on for the last year. And now the team is expanded.
2: Yeah, so we're more expanding into like that category, but it was an offshoot from the um, research and developments.
3: All the compies and computer engineering, stu- computer engineering, or just. And like um, computer science students out there who are listening to this, please join our autonomous team. <laughs> we could always use more of
2: you. All know. the students listening to this, please join. We <laughs> we'd, we'd <laughs> like a lot of you. Why want not you Kamsai? Yeah,
3: especially Kamsai. <laughs> <you
2: calm>, <laughs> so it is an offshoot of the research and development team, and um, but the research and development team has been um, focusing on a lot of other ideas as well. I, like, think Elizabeth could talk more about this.
3: Oh okay, yeah. Oh, just something we I mentioned a little bit earlier. I guess I shouldn't say that cause in case you cut it out, one one thing that the research and de- the okay the research and development team um, is working on making our own fuel cell. Um, So it would be a custom, we're doing, like, we're in the beginning phases to see how possible it is, but we, a lot of the fuel cells we use are used for more, like, they're supposed to be designed for more, like, crane operation and, like, moving, like, it's less so based for a hydrogen fuel cell car. So we wanted to make our own custom fuel cell um, that we're doing at Entry Systems and Design Laboratory um, to run our car on, um, just to get us involved in every single step to the process. Um, And that's where the autonomous um, team came out of two, so they wanted to just look into it in terms of research and then it became a real feasible option when Shell opened up the category so we're trying to build a self-driving car and yeah, so there'll be several self-driving cars hopefully oh. in the future yeah that's so awesome
2: there are lots of um, different um, teams currently working on it right now a lot of um, European teams but I believe we're one of the few um, North American teams to be working on that so we're looking to be um, trendsetters in that category and yeah. also um, build the future really
0: who do you race against where are the other teams from
2: they're all around the continents all around the continents. Yeah, There are teams North, from South like America, brazil yeah, there America. are teams from the united states Lots There are all there are canadian states. teams as well um yeah
0: and like but. universities specifically and high school
3: yeah it's
2: not countries. limited to universities yeah notable ones for us probably ubc has a team that's uh,
1: in the gasoline category that we and the electric oh and the electric that's right i forgot yeah. that we we actually we have some connection with uh, and then the the team from Brazil, I think, is also a notable addition because there's not a ton of South American teams.
2: And we've developed relationships with lots of other Canadian teams. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to um, increasing that kind of relationship with them.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to come talk to me. Thanks for chatting. Thank you. That was Sydney Carbonic on EcoCar and student engineering innovation. If you want to hear even more stories like that, check out our website at TerraInforma.ca. and while you're there, look for the survey tab in the menu. We would love to get to know our listeners and what you enjoy about the show. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email to terra@cjsr.com. at cjsr.com, or tweet it at Terra Informa. Thanks this week to our contributors, Dylan Hall, Charlotte Thomason, Sydney Carbonic, and Carter Gorzitsa. We've been your hosts, Sophia Osborne and Amanda Rooney. We'll catch you next week.